0: Movies, movies. From TM Remy and Six Season with Wack, we've dived into movies, movies, movies. Here on FBEAR Radio, ninety-four point five FM. My name is Maya Bellick, and I'm joined by our film lords extraordinaire, Jen and Andre.
1: Thank you. We are just talking off-air about Jen doing the Gal Gadot
2: impression. Can you do it for us? Gal Gadot speaks slowly. <laughs> World well, Pride, twenty twenty-three, hosted by Gal, Gal Gadot. No, it's,
1: it's a Gal Gadot. I can't speak a little bit slowly. Are you doing Kristen Wiig? No, this is Gal Gadot. Is it? We'll let the listeners decide. On Movies 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 today we are talking about the return of Memoria, a mm. Pong Recicles film. My I don't know if you know about the distribution strategy. But, but should
2: we play I wanna play the sting for movie news? I'm just giving a little
1: tease. Oh a tease, little teasy tease. tease. And then we're shitty on Zoe Bell and the Batman specifically. <laughs> but not Kimmy. Zoe Bell. Did I say Zoe Bell? Yeah. Okay, so this is why Zoe it's confusing. Zoe Isabella It's Zoe Isabella Kravitz. Kravitz, but obviously Zoe Bell is my favourite actress, stunt queen, and star of Death Proof by Quentin Tarantino. So that's a very confusing... And New Zealander. To make. And fellow New Zealander. We are crapping on and talking the Batman and Kimmy, two vehicles for Zoe. So, if you don't Bell care about Kravitz, that at all, tune out now. Switch off.
2: And then we have a special and little spotlight because all three of us have just come out of COVID ISO. That's right.
1: And we actually want to ask you what you watched in your pause isolation because we had I 145 share. DVDs that we bought from Film Club, but we <laughs> need to know what you were watching specifically any TV series.
2: And please text in if you're in ISO listening to this because I don't know why you would. I only listen to FBI when I'm in the car. But if you're in ISO listening to FBI, text in what you're watching. Let's make a big list. People are going to be bored.
0: Hell yeah. And on that, let's jump into movie news. That's
2: gossip. Movie
0: news. That's gossip.
2: Pitch picture poem where Seth Memoria is making its way to Sydney for the second time. It came here during the Sydney Festival, film festival. But now... Jenny
1: with the glasses as well. I'm wearing it the glasses It makes the clumsiness inside.
2: even more clumsy. I am sensitive to light. That is a symptom I didn't realise was going to happen mm. from being hungover as well as just coming out of COVID. Mm-hmm. Memoria is making its way to Sydney again. So if you missed it at the Sydney Film Festival debut where all the old queers were... You can watch it again. What are the dates, Andre?
1: It's from April 7th to April 13th. And, and what is us...
2: special? No, I was about is... to ask you. The same Come question. on. Let's, what I'll is do the Village Roadshow special do... rollout distribution of Memoria? The work. The movie so, about sound.
1: Distribution in perpetuity. They have decided that instead of releasing this film in a traditional format, in a theatrical release strategy, they are going to play it at select cinemas around the world and across different dates until the end of time. It's uh, brought about by Neon, which is kind of this uh, baby sister to A24, for the people who know A24, or even like Plan B. So it's not quite shooting the big guns like making Minari or any of the big kind of Oscar contenders, but Neon is slowly becoming a mainstay. And they've decided that because this film is so cinematic and honours the experience of sitting down and having a Dolby surround sound experience, that they mm. want it to live in cinemas and nowhere else. So... If you want to see this masterpiece of Thai Slow Cinema, not in Thai, shot in South America. Shot in Colombia with your second we can't cousin. Say it, we can't talk about Tilda Swinton being A- Andre's mum gets really upset. She gets, she gets offended. You will have to catch it <laughs> at Dendi, Town. following dates, April 7th. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13.
2: Which is specifically a really fab week because other parts of movie news is that Soft Centre is doing a film-related night at the Randwick Ritz. It's all films, Mm -hmm. kind of, Mm. contentious. Yeah, it's contentious because... We don't know if it's all films. We aren't calling it a
1: film festival.
2: But it's an experience. People but are it's at the at a Grid. Festival. It's a cinema festival. Because, it's a festival at a cinema. Because
1: we're headliners and we make film. And we're not
2: allowed to talk about that too much on FBI because <laughs> okay. it's I don't know what the word is, but but conflict. There are also
1: lamp artists on the lineup. There's a lamp artist. So I'm thinking, all right, this is a. Multimodal moment. It's a
2: multimodal moment, and then an MMM. bookending that week of memoria being in the city. If you haven't had enough cinema,
1: we are bringing to you an actual film <laughs> garden festival. garden
2: reflex. You had it here first. We're doing another garden reflex first in a year. Yeah. Have
1: you been to one of those events,
0: Maya? No, but oh my oh my we have Oh my fill
2: god, you in. Jen and I
1: are. Curators of an underground resourceful cinema film festival called Garden Reflex Presents. We play, At Pink Flamingo
2: Cinema. We
1: play films by locals who have no skill and no prowess, but like they have Enoch an and eye, Tommy Mesa. And they have a desire to see images played in a conveyor belt style through the <laughs> medium of cinema. Who
2: are you most excited about on the lineup? Uh- Jungle Pussy? I
1: was about to say Jungle
2: Pussy. Mickey Blanco?
1: Who we were talking about before as being emblematic of Wait. the Kim K work ethic because she's an indie artist playing arenas with our very own... K- Tame Impala. P- I was going to say KP, but I prefer K-P. the term, Tame Impala. But also, can we not pretend that Tame Impala is a solo act? It is a band. It's a band. April There are lots of people...
2: For- Sione (laughs) Monu, off Tame Impala. We need more time. We need more time on the show. We need a a longer segment. Book out your calendars. No one's going to Golden Age that week. It's going to be Dendy Newtown. It's going to be Randwick Ritz. It's going to be Pink Flamingo Cinema. But in
1: other movie news, Jen and I are going to Golden Age Cinema. The first time we are going to enjoy ourselves at a cinema to see Joanna Hogg's Souvenir 2. And I'm not going to explain any of that. I'm just going to leave it out in the open. Damn.
0: All right. Well, on that note, uh, if you need a recap of all of those events, we're going to list them up on the program's page at FBIRadio.com. That's the
1: right way to do it, I think.
0: <laughs> Take two. And we're back on Movies, Movies, Movies. Mm. And it is time for, I think what you listening have been waiting for, our regular recurring stalwart part of Movies, Movies, Movies. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Two takes.
1: Yeah, we've been wanting to do a Zoe Kravitz special because she's had two vehicles out recently. Kimmy, the Steven Soderbergh film that's airing on HBO Max, and also The Batman, which is the... I I wouldn't even call it the next installment in the series, but it's a installment or it's... uh, An An installment. An installment, uh, of uh, Are you mocking me right now? <laughs> in front of my favourite people? The dear listener? No, it's
2: just because they're bringing the back, which I'm really into. Yeah, like the I, the the I liked back. the Facebook. As soon the as Facebook. they got rid of the the, it became evil. Drop the the.
1: Oh, Justin's so hot on the social network. That needs to be put to radio. <laughs> Justin Seriously. Timberlake in the social network. Just play the Sting, Maya. Or play the trailer. No, what we, we, we did the Sting already. We've done the Sting. The Sting happened. Yeah.
0: And so we're going to kick off with the Batman?
1: I'm so sorry. We just have to mention that this is my favourite movie fact that Jen shares with me that Justin Timberlake financed his own Oscar campaign for The Social, oh, Network, Social Network which was nominated for a lot of awards just not for him no <laughs> oh po- my gosh. possibly because he was putting his own money behind it not the film itself
0: anyway and on that we're going to hear a little cheeky tidbit from The Batman
1: The Riddler is asking for you The killer left this for The Batman why is he writing to you?
0: there's latest it's all about the waynes if we don't stand up no one will you got a lot of cats i have a thing about strange <laughs> the bat and the cat it's got a nice ring new friend of yours i'm not so sure i'm just here to unmask the truth about this cesspool we call a city you're part of this too how am part of this? Oh, you're really not as smart as I thought you were. Bruce Wayne.
1: There is a big question mark over... No. I'm and not just because the Riddler <laughs> is in it. That was not a joke that I planned. That just came off the tongue.
2: I really don't want to believe that I got COVID from all of those experimental actors wearing leather jackets at the premiere but that I, in fact, gave them COVID.
1: Oh my god, were we the super spreader event at the Batman premiere? I don't know if
2: we were the super spreader or we caught it there, but I really want to believe that I was the super spreader there.
1: So what you just heard is a snippet of the Batman, which is, like I was asking before, a continuation, a new instalment, a revival, a, a franchise waiting to happen. It's almost like we've forgotten that some of the best films ever made were part of the Batman trilogy. Merci, Christopher Nolan. And I say that with total confidence and gusto, because I think those films are completely mythologized in cinema. It's really interesting. The only interesting thing I think to think about for me, the only thing that I thought that was interesting about this film was when I was reading a snippet of The Story of Looking, which is Mark Cousins' book about voyeurism, essentially, kind of like a foray into cinema, but through the gaze and what the gaze means. There was a chapter on this concept that I only learnt today called oncey which is from the 70s that developed in hollywood which basically was just industry talk for what's going to grab the audience what is the iconic image on screen what is going to be the pool moment that everyone's going to remember that's going to be burnt into their memory so i guess an example could be the shark jumping out of the water in jaws or um you know et's finger touching whichever character touches the finger um you know, or... These even. are very
2: Spielbergian. They're all
1: Spielbergian. Okay, a non-Spielberg example. Um, Drew Barrymore pulling off the mask on the also plane. In also Spielberg. Drew Barrymore is... was invented by Spielberg.
0: <laughs> but the point I'm trying to get to is that
1: there is a concept about iconic imagery and the desire to see something being so overpowerful, it, like, it debases language. And I think that the Batman, this new version, fails at grabbing you in any way of that sort. And it's hard to not compare it to the Christopher Nolan movies because there are so many images from that film that are burnt into our skulls. I mean,
0: yeah.
1: we can't... We People still talk about Heath Ledger's performance in that film.
2: I just think about the truck upside down. The, trup, the truck flip. In the... There was Chris no Finale stunty era. moments. I would say it's not a stunty movie.
1: And the villains in the OG Batmans, and by OG I mean from ten years ago... Tim Burton. No, 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 no. We're You're talking, talking about the OG ones. Cillian Murphy. The We're real first Heath. ones. Heath. We're talking... When it began. Our Batman Half. Begins.
2: All of those uh, really felt... Like menacing bad people. What happened to Katie Holmes? Or am I? Is that a tangent?
1: That's a tangent, and I don't think we're ready to go on it. When they announce, the okay, so this
2: is so famously Maggie Gyllenhaal just won best director at the Independent Spirit Awards for The Lost Daughter, and she, when they introduce her, they say and a famous. Oh no, no, Oh yeah, yeah. They,
1: they give them the <laughs> list of films that she's been in, and they're naming Maggie Gyllenhaal, previously nominated for a Secretary, and well known, most importantly, for The Dark Knight. <laughs> and it's like, no, that wasn't is her that, most important. Is that her stand. most important uh, stint? I'm moving off the map right now and I <laughs> want to get back to, the Batman, and just Go say back to that the Batman we do have a moment with Zoe Kravitz playing Catwoman feeling the high heels that Anne Hathaway previously wore and I know that Jen you're a Michelle girl but I'm an Anne girl when it comes to Catwoman including a Hallie girl and I also think that Zoe. I actually
2: don't think there's been a bad catwoman. Maybe there hasn't been a bad. It's kind I of an effortless a, role. Like,
0: just about to say. It's
2: kind Yeah, of, anyone
1: can do it except for Kate McKinnon. I'm so sorry, but that's not parody. I'm sorry, Kate. Needs
2: to stop. Kate needs to stop in general. I'm not I saying just, anything. I always think right about now. that person that I saw in Satellite, and if you're listening, I'm sorry, but someone came into Satellite with a photorealistic tattoo of Kate McKinnon on their thigh. <laughs> <laughs> color, you know a color tattoo. That wow. the idol isn't important if the tattoo's on the thigh.
0: There. Oh wow! Is that the final take? I think we're gonna... that
1: this Batman iteration is a bit of a thigh tattoo in that it's there, everyone will see it, but no one's gonna remember it. Mm. And maybe we're fine with that. Maybe we need a forgettable Batman film.
2: Yeah, it was cute. I liked the club scenes. The club wow. scenes were pretty iconic. They're a bit Fincher. They're a bit. They're a bit. <laughs> they're a bit um Black Swan. Well, Make things Fincher again.
0: I want to give a quick shout out to Tash on 0409 945945, who said, Oh my God, and andre I love you so much. I've been watching The Blood of a Poet by John Cocteau. Stop. So erotic. I I love the film you made on the transgenders in Sydney.
2: Oh, Immortal Memories. We, on. On. we watched wait, the bottom of back back That was one yeah, of our ISO up, watches. Up, Who is Did we reveal to someone
1: Tash. that we were watching Jean Cocteau while we were in ISO? Did we reveal that?
2: We're going to save it for Spotlight, but in Spotlight we'll talk about our ISO watches and that's one of them. And we had some of the best sex we've ever had during that movie. We watched every Cocteau <laughs> film that we had. <laughs> we were had. really <laughs> sick. We were so sick. I'm sorry for sharing that.
1: <laughs> no, Cocteau sex is worth it. Cocteau sex is...
2: Cocteau's porny, but not porny. It's, like, very tasteful. Cocteau is the
1: OG gay director, poet... French, of course. Famous
2: uh, for a, an art movement that doesn't sound that sexy called A Return to Order.
1: A Return to Order. <laughs> I think we need A Return to Order, and that is music. <laughs> <laughs> so play a song right now. Or Tash, we, thank you. Don't uh, around Maya. Tash, thank you for tapping into our cinematic experience of oh the last God, Tash week. Is that the is The most crazy. invigorating text we've ever had. We need <laughs> to get you on the show, please.
0: <laughs> I'm with Jen and Andre, your favourite film lords, and we're in the thick of... Two takes. We just had a little spicy review of the Batman, and up next is another Zoe Kravitz number.
1: That's true. Courtesy of Jen.
2: I'm going to be talking about this one Kimmy. Kimmy, not Siri. Mm -mm. By Soderbergh, who we famously can't say a bad word about.
1: Okay, that's good. That's a good way of putting it.
2: (laughs) Play the trailer.
0: Hell yeah. What do you want for me? Kimmy? I'm here. Why don't you run for me? Kyle Darius.
2: Hey, Hotness! Wow. What are you, what do you know? I'm a voice stream interpreter. I may have heard a crime on one of the streams. The devices pick up lots of things. <laughs> Just mark this degraded audio and delete it.
0: I am not capable, and you know it. I think a woman might need help. How do I find out who she is? You need the device number and the admin code. Will you make me one? This is last favourite, Cotness.
2: Kimmy, 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 Kimmy. This would, I'd say, out of the, like, post-retirement Soderbergh. Soderbergh famously retired because he was just over it, but then came back in a big way and just made a million movies at once. In a bit of a Nicole Kidman post-Big Little Lies kind of way. (laughs) I would say we can kind of tie Nicole and Soderbergh's careers together. Always tie Nicole to people. I know. um, Never getting old. Kimmy is Zoe Kravitz uh, hobbling around her beautiful, beautiful Seattle apartment. It's aspirational, honestly. If I lived in her apartment, I would never leave either. She never leaves, but in a rear window, hitchcock kind of Bernard Herrmann-esque way, she hears a murder while she's... She goes kind of logging through the streams of Siri. So every time this Kimmy I'm I'm just explaining the plot and I feel like a lot of people have probably seen this. This tight eighty minute movie is about a an Amazon worker for this fake company, Amygdala, who listens to Siri commands and codes them correctly.
1: But it's called Kimmy instead of Siri. But it's called Kimmy. And and she has agoraphobia. She can't leave the house. And she
2: has agoraphobia. She can't leave the house. She hears what she thinks is a premeditated murder, and then all of a sudden she's, you know, chased by henchmen all over Seattle. It's gorgeous. That was a tight summary. Thank you, Jen. This film really reminded me of Spy Kids in the way that the Amygdala logo was a brain. Like the little brains they develop in Spy Kids. And also she's sort of like jumping around Seattle. It feels a bit Robert Rodriguez. It's got funky camera angles. It's a silly movie. But it's also close to Memoria in that it's about sound and playing with sound and sound design. And she always puts her AirPods in and the whole soundtrack just goes completely mute. And it's gripping and it's heart-wrenching and it's stressful. You feel the silence. It's not comforting at all. The silence is really utilised in this. I love this movie. I watched it twice and the thing that really struck me was the opening shot, which is a windy, weavy windy black slate, like outdoor steps running through lawn. And it just was a kind of like a violent colonial image or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh my god, this is Silicon Valley. This is scary. This is just stupid. Like outdoor steps in lawn. What a violent image, mm. Andre.
1: It looks like rain. It looks like the, the colour of a storm. I love this film so much, I wanted to circle back to the sound comment because like you were saying, she listens to the streams of this um, AI device that you can buy and put in your kitchen and every time she puts on her headphones to listen to the streams, the sound cuts out in mm. such a jarring, specific way. Ooh, are we hearing that zap? <laughs> Speaking of sound... Uh-oh. And I really believe that this film started as a kernel of an idea about what sound... about the effect that sound has on you in a film. Yeah. In the same way that Memoria plays into the idea that sound is manipulative and hypnotic. And ancient. And ancient. And um, I just think that's a better way to use Zoe Kravitz. Like, I feel like she's pivoting into an area of character studies, but I really think that she needs to work with form. And if she's been put into a film that's, like, playing with a style or a technique or some sort of gimmick, I think that kind of works to her strength I and i want to see her in like an, a movie shot on an iphone or maybe like even like a the artist type thing where it's like a silent film and she's having no dialogue i was saying she needs
2: the others so she needs to have a nicole glow up she's she can be weird and she can be in weird she films weird. i think she my favorite f- tick of hers sorry to talk over you talk and over i've me. been told about off about this Please. already just today <laughs> um but when she sanitizes her hands she kind of waves them out like a little bird and flaps them, and that's my favourite little tick. She that's should excellent. be nominated yeah. just for that. I would love for Zori to be drawn away from dramatic roles
1: and being thrown into art house films. Like, I would actually love for her to be in the last one Trier film. There are... Oh, okay, mm-hmm. that is the collaboration that we need to see. Let's get Lars and Zori to hook up. In Denmark and make something, Jen, help me out of this hole right now.
2: I believe it. The other thing that I thought about when I was listening to the sound or the lack thereof was like the whole thing was about Kimmy and life simplified. And it was about sort of like the centralization of tech power, supposedly simplifying your life, but also making it like more horrific and more scary. And I think the sound was the best metaphor for her isolation in her own apartment. And when there was no sound, it's like, oh my God, when you actually do drown out the chaos, you're just left with nothing. You're mm. alone. Your ego is alone. It's just there. It was horrifying.
0: Very 2001.
2: Very 2001. But it was gorgeous and fun and easy. Spotlight.
0: Spotlight. 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 Damn. Mm. All right. Now, in case you missed it, uh, both Jan-Andre and I, over the last week and a bit, have collectively had covid uh, which means a lot of binge watching. I can't believe
2: that that lined up.
0: <laughs> I know.
2: <laughs> we are, we're completely new people at the exact
1: same time. <laughs> the OG idea was for us to share what we watched because we had just ransacked Film
2: Club. Poor Film
1: Club over is 100 over, DVDs. you guys. But we now want to turn the mic to you and ask you, what did you watch while you had COVID? Were you able to watch? Because I couldn't read books and I was really to the television screen.
0: Oh, well, I tried to get into inventing anna but it was just a bit too like half serious half comical for me the, the balance between them both wasn't really necessarily there um but i am currently on a big tip of rewatching watching lost mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um to my boyfriend if you're listening turn it off right now there's about to be some spoilers. Lost oh, is a big
2: no. commitment that I think made sense in 2020, but maybe not so much in 2022.
1: Well, because there was no air travel. Or just because lockdown
2: is like longer in 2020, whereas you just have a week now.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was. <laughs> Sorry. No, half makes sense. Anticipating it to be a bit of a like slow run, but. My God, the story development mm-hmm. is really good. It you through. The character arcs are so well done. It is a bit of a shame about the ending being essentially like, and then I woke up. But
1: we it, all knew that already. That we was all knew that. that. We, we did Knew that. Um, we, what
2: about you two? We went to. I think movies are back for us, and they've been. It's been difficult to do the show because it's just been about series and reading books, but. Having a week lockdown, you don't want to get tucked into a series unless it's looking. So we watched so many DVDs. Thank God, Film Club was closing because uh, no, no, no. That's I don't mean that. No, actually, like,
1: thank God because we got to buy a bunch of cheap Criterion bought, DVDs. We bought <laughs> so many cheap Criterion. Actually, criterions. thank God. We made finally
2: it. we uh we listened to we watched. The Jean Cocteau Blood of a Poet, which someone texted yes. about just before.
1: There was a box set of Cocteau films, and we had been meaning to watch them. I didn't know that he was gay until halfway through. Lots
2: of gay directors. We watched James Cameron Mitchell's... Is that his name? Did I get it wrong? Rabbit Hole. Rabbit Hole. Je- like Maybe like day two into COVID, Jen and I are
1: riddled with body aches, and Jen's like, I put it on a film. It's a John surprise. Cameron Mitchell. <laughs> I knew I it wrong. The surprise is Rabbit Hole, Nicole Kidman's like Grief rebound form. film from like her flop era that she self-financed or that she self-produced with John Cameron Mitchell who made Short Bus and Hedwig and the Angry Itch. Damn. Dire, depressing uh, adaptation of a play about a pair, like I said, a set of parents who lose their son in a car accident. And I think it's uplifting. You just uplifting. haven't had
2: grief in your life, so. or divorce, uh, yeah,
1: or, um, friendship, <laughs> or interaction with people.
2: <laughs> Damn, <laughs> or Seattle life. I uh, thought that was a cute moment for us to watch Rabbit Hole.
1: And uh, we also had the joy of watching a lot of Criterion films because they were cheap from film clubs. So we watched Ossole uh, Oh by Hondo and. Uh, Oh my god, it almost was like an Sorcerer. Anyway.
2: Sorcerer. That was stressful. The safety the Uncle Jams, Uncle... the actual muse of Uncle Jams was Sorcerer. What was Sorcerer. Famously, was it, a about truck? a truck <laughs> on a bridge in South America. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, Can we? I want to have one more. Do we have to come up with one more film? What was one, more film one more film that, film that we, we watched, watched
2: that we thought was absolutely
1: fab. <laughs> Oh, we haven't watched this yet, but speaking of Lost, aka J.J. Abrams, I did borrow Cloverfield, and by borrow I mean Bored. The same I director as the Batman.
2: I know, seriously. Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves did Cloverfield? Or- he did Cloverfield. It oh, makes me like Batman even more. It makes me like it less, because I got really sick Joking in a, a late-night screening of Can't Cloverfield. It was too cam. shaky okay, for me.
1: Let's take a degas and watch Cloverfield together. Okay. And enjoy it. Alright, I'll put one foot on the
2: ground. Can put you? one foot on the ground to stabilise you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 um. Can we just collectively acknowledge that... Julia Fox was not the muse of Uncut Gems. That oh, was, she kind of
2: was. Uh, no way. You don't think so? Absolutely, Adam Sandler. I think Adam Sandler, Sandler was for the muse. Sure. No, what I, is I, don't like, no, I don't think that. I don't think she was the muse. Do you know who was the muse? Brooklyn! I think the muse was um <laughs> Frozen. 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 <laughs> <laughs> What's her name? Oh, um, the, the Wickedly Talented. Wickedly Talented. Idina Menzel. Idina Menzel. Idina Menzel yeah. is the muse of Uncut Gems. Okay, so. I
1: got a request. Song request. Everyone cover your ears. That's you too, Listener play the Define Gravity Adina Manzel remix playlist on Spotify. Andre, no, I, I, do do okay. <laughs> I cannot do that. I not do that. Whatever. Until next time, peace and love and movies.
0: This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.